Dan, I had one of the most bizarre experiences I've had in a long time. Lately. Oh, did you watch my last video on YouTube? <laughs> I didn't. I I watch all of your videos, but that was not the bizarre experience. Oh, this is a bizarre experience. I when I was driving to the Paul Bunyan, I could have taken the highways to Cambridge, Ohio, from my area, but I instead took the back roads. You remember my one video I, I broadcasted from the General Custer Monument in New Romney, Ohio. New and Yes. Yep. Yeah. So I took this back way. And while I was driving, I passed a car that was for sale in a driveway. And it was an older car. Uh, I We used to own one just like it. And it was a great car. And I believe that it is one of the great reliable cars that were ever made. And it was for sale in this, this driveway. And I stopped and I looked at it and holy cow, it was from Florida. It literally looked brand new and it was probably a 20 year old car. Wow. Brand new. A couple dings here and there. Who cares? It had 40 some thousand miles on it. Brand new. Wow. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I like where this is going. Well, it was late and I felt, you know, it wasn't right to go knock on the door that late in the evening. So I took down the number and I sat on it a couple of days because I was thinking, you know, do I really want this car? I could use it. So I went ahead and called. They were asking way too much for way too much for it. <laughs> and I was polite and I told them that, you know, I would be willing to pay, you know, this, I, you know, this dollar amount. And she says, well, I'll have to, it was an older lady. I'll have to get back with you. I'll have to talk to my daughter about this. And a week went by, I never heard anything back. And I just figured it was over with. Well, she texted me back and she said that, you know, we'll take this offer. And I says, great. I says, Ooh. I still, you know, want to drive it and just make sure that it shifts okay and everything's okay. You know? Yep. Yeah. I don't, I didn't think, I think that's just reasonable. That's just part of the purchase. And she understood too. So I told her the challenge is we are, I live two and a half hours away from where you are. And I, I need, I don't know when I can come. I got to take time off of work and I got to drive two and a half hours to get down here to, to test drive the car. She said she understood. Okay. So a week or two comes and goes, I text her and I says, I can come down tomorrow and drive that car. Will you be home? And she says, yeah, I'll be here. And I says, great. I says, I'll be down in the morning and um, I will know if, you know, we'll, we'll be buying the car. I says, can I have your address? <laughs> and that's where, you know, the needle drags across the record. She wouldn't give me her address. And <laughs> she was kind of, I don't know what the right word is, kind of smart alecky about it. I don't know. She, there was this pause and she says, so dot, dot, dot. Let me get this straight, dot, dot, dot. You were here one time before. Why do you need my address? Oh, you know? yeah. <laughs> and I, well, you know what? I, I've, I've never been in this area. I've never been on this road before. I think in theory I could probably find it, but 
we have these things called GPS and I was going to type it in. And then I was also going to like visit some other historical um, landmarks while I was down there. I don't know if you're selling something on Facebook, <laughs> you know, yeah. don't you, don't you think that um, people need your address to come? She wouldn't give me her address. Wow. So, <laughs> so you were not able to then, you would not be able to go find it if you didn't know or remember how to get there. Well, where I'm going with this entire story is, Dan, is that I tell my daughters this. Relationships should be easy. You know? Yes. Uh, I mean, about friends or dating relationships, and in this case, a customer service relationship. It should be an easy transaction. And in this case here, I'm needing the address to go see it, and she wouldn't give it to me. And... I'm thinking I'm not going to drive two and a half hours to may or may not be able to find this house, you know, on a day where I could be working. And to me, I just politely texted her back and I says, you know, I'm no longer interested in this car. (laughs) And I I thanked her for her time. But the whole thing was, why does this relationship have to be so complicated? Yeah. Why is that so difficult why why wouldn't she provide the location where you needed to go if she wanted to sell the car if she wanted to sell the car if she creeped out about a stranger coming to her house i understand that but i'm also you know i'm the same way but i'm also not selling something right and i would think that if you're selling something someone's got to come to your house to get it and I was wanting her address to type it into my GPS so I could get the best route to go. And she wouldn't give it to me. Jeez. So I just came <laughs> to the conclusion, well, then this transaction is just going to be difficult. Everything about it is going to be difficult. So it was just too easy for me to just say, you know what? I don't want it anymore. Yep. Wash your hands. Be done. Just. That was weird. Yeah. And I'm. it's been a couple of weeks have gone by and I still wish I could have had that car Uh, if she (laughs) if she would call me you know text me today and say okay here's my address i would i would be down there you know with the serious intention to buy it but the relationship got complicated it became difficult and i just decided you know what i don't want it anymore yeah well i don't blame you that is kind of a, a strange yeah that just seems odd and it just would set a bad tone with, you know, like you said, the whole transaction almost then seems like, is this going to really be difficult or is this something I want to get into now? I mean, this turtle, total this turn was, off. This was not a couple towns over. So this was, this is two and a half hours. Yeah. In a part of the state that I don't, I rarely ever go to. I'm not familiar with it. I don't know the name of any of the towns. <laughs> she wouldn't give me her address. <laughs> Come on, man. Yeah, what what the heck? Yeah, well, I don't know. Yeah, that was weird. People, I tell you, they're mm-hmm. crazy. Sometimes that was weird, and I I look at that from multiple angles. Me being the customer, I want to buy it, and then I also think of me being the firewood delivery service. I want to sell it. Yeah, and am I making things difficult? on my potential customers to buy stuff and i i hope that that answer is no (laughs) (laughs) i think the biggest hurdle to get a hold of me 
is me returning the call. Yep. You know, I yeah, don't. Yeah, any, anytime I get somebody that reaches out to me through any of my, like my Facebook Messenger or Marketplace app, like that's usually we discuss, you know, the how much it is, what kind of wood. And then the last thing is always, okay, where are you located? And then I, I mean, obviously if they want to come and pick up this wood and I want to sell the wood, they need to know where it's at. And yeah. I, I've never been that hesitant on, you know, like that's usually like the last step. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you have people that come to your house for your firewood and you will also deliver it too. Yes. I would say I'm, I'm very, like I have very few deliveries I have. It's mostly all pick up either the bundles right out of the roadside stand or the loose stacks, or I'll even, I have the IBC totes that I just set right out front next to the road. And people like, you, they would empty the whole basket into the back of their truck. Yep. And, and that's how they buy it. Yep. All right. And I, and if, if I'm around, I go out and help them load it and, you know, strike uh-huh. a little conversation. How do they, do you have a, a cash box or you have like a, a QR code? What are you doing? Yep. Cash box on the side of the stand. And so like, that's like, I kind of have like um, a, a template for messaging where I'll just grab this text and it has all that info, you know, but my address, the pay box is on the side of the stand, come at your convenience. I just send that as a message as the last, you know, part of the conversation. I'm with you. I think payment is another way that a firewood uh, business can complicate things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? And that's why I, I've made a comment on one of my past videos is I don't like dealing with cash. I just prefer electronic payment credit card. I will text them a link to make the payment. And that got a lot of people's attentions. They, a lot of people were like questioning me about that. You know, why in the world would you not want cash? And I have my reasons. I just prefer electronic, especially trying to coordinate deliveries and, you know, cash paying people or, they, they normally have to be home <laughs> to give you the cash. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And with as many repeat customers I have in that level of trust, you know, I can take the wood whenever they don't even have to be there. And, you know, they, they usually have the bill paid before I even show up. Yeah. I do have, I do have a few customers who I do accept electronic payments through, but that's usually something that I always ask or something that comes up in our conversation back and forth through messaging. So if yeah. they don't want to pay cash, I have an option available for them to pay electronically. But yeah, it's, it's like to your point, it's all about making it as simple as possible. Yeah. Talk about complicating a simple transaction too. I had this one guy, I, I still buy firewood. I got a couple people that make firewood for me, but I had this one guy when I first started doing this business, he uh, would take cash and I would take him cash and I would pay him for the firewood. He would help me load and I would hand him, you know, the money and he would stand there right in front of me. And with the, the drama of a, <laughs> a Hollywood production would count the money right in front of me. You know, just dramatically pull it, you know, go from one hand to the other, like, you know, fanning a deck of cards, 20, 40, 60, you know, like that. And it just, it started rubbing me the wrong way. And it got to the point where I didn't want to go buy wood off this guy anymore because I didn't want him to hold court out there in his driveway counting, 
counting this money in front of me, you know? So I had found, you know, that was just complicating things. So I just gravitated towards other people. Yeah, that's, that's a bad sign. That was one of the, um, I guess the unwritten rules back in the wrestling days, when you were given your payout, your payment, or as they called it, when you would get greased at the end of the night, they'd give you your money, but the promoter would always walk up to you and shake your hand and in his hand, he would have the cash and he would give it to you. And you were never, ever supposed to show that you were counting the money because it displayed that you didn't trust the guy or, you know, it, it, it sent signals that it wasn't very good. Sure. You just, what was your experiences though? Was the money always correct? Well, for the most part, but in most cases it was, you know, this is what I can give you. This is what you're going to get. So take it. <laughs> ah, okay. So it wasn't a predetermined amount. Yeah. When, when there was predetermined amounts, then you would be given an envelope that was sealed so that you, you kind of knew that the, the right amount was in there. <laughs> yeah. A lot of weird things like that. That experience though, of this guy, you know, counting my money that changed me and it sensitized me too. So I do still have customers that give me cash. And when they hand me cash, the first thing I say is, do you need change? And they say, no, I put it right in my pocket. Yep. So my policy is when I, I will not count it in front of them. I think it's rude. And yep. I, um, when, when I go on my way, when I finally count the money, my policy is if they've given me too much, I guess I could assume it was a tip, but I will call them back and tell them. And if they gave me not enough, I just eat it. To me, it's not worth, you know, the hassle or the drama or the potentially ticking someone off over yeah. 10 or $20. You yeah. know, it's not going to, it's not going to make me or break me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, going back to that guy, though, I finally cured that problem. Well, I cured it because I quit going to him. But I took that away from him. So now whenever I hand cash to someone, I count it out in front of them. Oh. Like I'm, if I'm handing you the money, I will count it to make yeah. sure that they are getting And I think that should be the way it is to be done. You know? Yeah. It's not like you're running a cash register where people count the money before they put it away. It's a more of a personal transaction. And I can't stand, I'm still, every time I think of that guy, my blood boils a little bit. I got other stories about this oh guy my. too, but that'll, that'll be for another day. But they all revolve around, you know, his, his value. Yes. Yep. <laughs> I don't know, Dan, this deal with the car and it's just elicited other customer services experiences that I have had on both ends. It just seems like the emphasis, especially now, because this is the fall winter selling season. Yep. If you are serious and if you do have a large quantity of firewood, we should be taking steps to make things easy on the customer, making things easy on the sale instead of what I always just call it complicating things. Yeah, and there's there's a lot of ways I think that you can complicate complicate something without even knowing that you're complicating it. Like you don't even realize that you're doing it from a from a seller's point of view. You know, mm -hmm. like if somebody calls you and says they're interested in firewood and you just, you know, if if you forget to ask like when do you want it or what time are you available or you know, there's all those little details that 
Do you want it stacked? Do you want it stacked or, you know, yeah, it's, there's a lot of, uh, I guess, pitfalls you can fall into <laughs> when you're, when you're working <laughs> with people, just because like I said, it's easy to just kind of not cover all those bases. I agree, Dan. And the way that I have always seen things about not complicating that relationship. Now your business is your business. You know, you sell what you want to sell. But the one thing that I had found that people complicate things is on quantities where they, they just don't listen to what the customer wants and you know, they'll just bring what they want. I, the story that I had was that one guy called me, it was from out of my area. He wanted a half of a cord and he could not find a supplier that wouldn't deliver anything less than two cords. Yeah. And I listened to the guy and I wound up selling him my half a cord. Well, it was my asking price, but it was more or it was the same amount than what the guy was selling his two cords for. <laughs> you know, so the guy doesn't want to bring out anything less than two cords, but listen to what the customer is telling you. He was offering you the same dollar amount for a heck of a lot less wood that you yeah. could have then sold to someone else. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, you complicate a, a transaction like that. I think a lot of it has to do with listening and, you know, just being self-aware, you know? Yeah, that's a huge factor. There's a lot of, uh, and it's strange, like, the more I've, like, been involved now with the firewood, I guess, industry and just seeing how other people are doing things, talking with other people, like, there's a lot of... Uh, self-awareness is something that's missing <laughs> in a lot of places. It's just, I think people get stuck in their ways. Um, they are doing things the way they want and that's how the customer should take it. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's exactly, you hit the nail on the head. Talk about self-awareness though. The lady I delivered to, she said the last guy she caught him peeing in her, her front yard. <laughs> <laughs> talk about self-aware yeah and that yeah that is the one uh approach i was trying to take with my firewood delivery service was to be different you know because it seems like everyone delivers firewood exactly the same and the quantities are always the same you know they deliver by the truck load or whatever a truck is and i try you know my measurements are exact and precise but i deliver small quantities and that's the people i go after and when you listen to these customers, a lot of these people don't want these big quantities. And, you know, the one way that we can make things easier when we're delivering is, is being flexible on the quantities that we're delivering. Yeah. <clears throat> yep. And I think that that's another thing that just goes back to like, you know, a lot of people think, well, the only true measurement of firewood is a cord because it's for whatever reason, somewhere listed as, you know, that's yeah. the standard measurement. And so, you know, unless you're buying a cord or unless I'm selling a cord, I'm not dealing with firewood, you know. It's and probably both the customer and that delivery guy or gal doesn't know what a cord is. What a true cord. <laughs> yeah, what a full cord of firewood truly is. That, that's yeah, the other part especially, of it. <laughs> especially if it's scooped up from the ground and dumped into the back of a truck. That's, that's a guess. Yeah. You know. It's an estimate. It's not, a, it's not an exact quantity. So I think that has probably been my biggest experience with all my deliveries is that no one knows what a cord is. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. The first 
residential delivery I had, this is when I still delivered cords before I figured all this out. I don't deliver cords anymore. The lady asked for a cord of firewood. So I loaded my trailer up with a legitimate measured out cord. And I showed up at her house and she comes running out. No, 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 no. That's too much. That's too much. <laughs> I, I want a cord, not that much. And I said, this is a cord. And what she was talking about, you know, was the infamous face cord. A third uh, of a yes. cord. So that was my first delivery to a residential customer. That was my experience was you got to understand what people are talking about, you know, with quantities and with the cords. Yep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you should have said, well, no, this isn't all for you. And then just, <laughs> <laughs> well, I do that now. So the other thing that I had learned is that when I sell two quarter cords, cause my truck holds a half of a cord, I would prefer not to deliver a half of a cord to a customer. I would rather deliver one quarter cord to two customers on the same, on the same trip. I, cause I can get much more money for two quarter cords. Yeah. And when I show up at a person's house with their quarter cord, I'll, first thing out of my mouth was this isn't all for you and they're going <laughs> you know good because that wasn't because <laughs> i go after customers that want small quantities you know they live in townhomes and apartments where they don't have a lot of room for for firewood i'm the only person that will deliver to them because everyone else wants to come dump you know a dump truck load of wood on the ground yeah mm-hmm and getting and getting back to the the payment thing that's another area where i think the self-awareness you know of like I'll take, for example, uh, my dad, he is not big into electronic payments, paying for hit, the things he buys with a credit card. So, you know, I think a lot of people that sell firewood, they don't do a lot of uh, electronic transactions themselves. So therefore, mm -hmm. the cash is what they prefer to pay with. So that's all they prefer to then get paid with. And I think that's another area where it can really complicate things, because to your point, it's easy for people to go online and pay you even before you deliver. Oh yeah. That was one of the biggest surprises when I first started delivering firewood for my customers was, Oh, you take credit card. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's when my little rusty wheel started was, yeah, wow. You know, people, people will spend more money for a product on credit than they would for cash. Yeah, And that's where, you know, that got me away from cash was there's just so much more benefits to credit cards and everyone gets hung up on that exchange rate, you know, cause you've got to pay discover like 2% comes off your transaction. Yeah. Who care? Who cares? Raise your price you yeah. know, and, and, and make it back. And just the, the extra flexibility that you have with that purchase and, you know, the customers like it too. And um, I use, you know, there's all kinds of different services out there like Square or Google Pay. And when you have a trusted customer, it keeps their credit card information. You, you can't see it. It protects them, but you can bill them and, you know, it, it makes things easier for them to make the purchase and life just becomes so much easier. That, that is the key. Mm -hmm. they, they're, they're, the things out there. There are things out there that can make life so much easier. It's just, I don't know what it is. Why that's such a, you know. Yeah. Like, and that's look. what I think, you know, <laughs> a lot of it revolves around the internet, you know, with electronic payment. Yeah. The trust, the trust factor. That's what I would Yeah. Say. And then having a website, being transparent with your pricing and your quantities. And yeah. there's no surprises. 
And then, you know, my, the biggest thing that I struggle with, and that's simply because I'm a sole proprietor and my business keeps growing. And this time of year, I just get overwhelmed with, with phone calls, you know, and some of these phone calls, people like to talk and I like to talk and we could be on there for a while and I just get nothing accomplished. So I just don't answer my phone anymore. (laughs) I can't tell you the last time I've answered my phone when it was ringing. I just leave the ringer turned off and that's it. And I return calls at the end of the day. And sometimes it takes me two or three days or four days. <laughs> uh, but I do get the calls returned. And I know that I'm losing sales you know, because they're going to other people. But uh, it seems like the customers that are my kind of customer, I, I get them eventually. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, had, I had something like that happen earlier this summer. I was out of town and there was no way I could, you know give this customer what they wanted. They called. I said I wasn't home. I couldn't provide the firewood for them that they wanted. Um, I took down, you know, the number. I got back into town a week later. I called them up and they had gone somewhere else. You know, they had gotten yeah. firewood from somebody else. So yeah, it, it sucked. But then about a month later, they called me again. Because <laughs> apparently the wood they got from somebody else wasn't that good. So same thing with me. I called a guy. I just missed it, but I did call him back. It was over a month, <laughs> but I called him and he was actually appreciative. You know, he wasn't salty or anything. You know, he, he thought it was nice that I at least called him back. He had since found firewood, but he wasn't happy with it. It wasn't seasoned. He said that he got just big pieces. Uh, this one piece looked like the guy split it crooked and just a little shard came off the side and the whole round was left and that went into the pile, (laughs) you know, and he, yeah, that's what he stuck with though for the winter. But I still, you know, I, he kept my number. I told him I don't run out of wood. I, the wood that I would be bringing you was made last year. And, uh, so I, I'll probably get a sale eventually, but that was just because I missed a call. Yeah. It happens. Do you, uh, do you have, like if you follow up with someone and then you don't hear back from them, do you follow up again or do you just give it a one-time return call and move on? No, I give it one call because yeah. I I don't know. There's I'm not selling a car or a house. You know, I'm not a realtor that's making you know that's got a lot on the line. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, you know, people call if they're kicking tires and looking for prices. I make it clear at the outset that I'm the probably the highest priced firewood in the area but there's reasons why and these are the benefits that I bring and I leave that if I get their voicemail when I call them back I tell them all that and give them a projected date when I can deliver and that's just the way I do it I return their call if they don't return my call back I just leave it at that I I just you know I I know that they got my message and that's that's good enough for me I understand there's a lot of other people out there selling wood yeah, I'm I'm the same way. I'll get a message. I'll reply to the message. If I don't hear back, I don't I don't go back and look through all of them and, you know, reply again. I just No. I, there's something specific about firewood that, you know, if you were in other industries, you and if you're like a salesperson for for steam valves or something, you know, you <laughs> always follow up with your sales yes. opportunities. Yep. You you keep a Rolodex, you keep a file, you keep track of when you called and what time and did you get a reply. You keep track of all that. And firewood, I, I've said this many times before, selling firewood is easy. 
Yeah. You know, and that's probably the, one of the, the attractive things I found about it is that you can, there's a firewood shortage every year. <laughs> it, it's easy to sell firewood. So you don't need to follow up. And that's, you know, because if I don't sell it to that person, I'm going to sell it to this person. Right. Somebody will come along and buy it. And the other good thing is the longer it sits stacked, the better it is. It yeah. doesn't spoil. <laughs> I always wonder if that is one of the reasons why I, you know, I, there are a lot of very good people out there that deliver firewood and the majority of them are in the firewood community on YouTube. But I, I've left to wonder, cause I hear all of these terrible stories from my customers about the other guy, you know, that they've dealt with in the past and just how, you know, like peeing in their front yard and yeah, you know, <clears throat> you know, just dropping mud and mulch onto their driveway. It makes me think that if it, I bet you it's because selling firewood is so easy. People don't, want to care or they don't need to care about the customer service side of it oh. as much as they should i'm going after a market that is not being met where you know people are willing to spend extra for a value-added firewood i do spend more time with my customer service yeah. i do cater more because i need to 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 secure that that market but it, just think of it this way, you know, if you are selling your firewood cheap, you're not making a lot of money on it, you know, you just go dump it and go. Right. You don't care. Yeah. My, my business model, uh, it forces me to spend more time with the production and the care and, and our delivery model. And, you know, that's the kind of customer I'm trying to go after. Yeah. I think a yeah. lot of people selling are just happy to get it sold, like you said, go dump it off, collect the money, and be done with it. They're yeah. Not, they're not looking towards the next sale. They just want to finish this one and be done. We have a joke around here. We call it the D and G, the dump and go. <laughs> yeah, because we we don't we don't dump and go. You know, but we when we're making a delivery, we're gonna make a D and G. Oh, that's good stuff. Yeah. So Dan, I just had some flashbacks on this car deal gone south yeah. about you know some of the things that people do that just overly complicate a what should be a simple relationship because yes. both parties want the same thing exactly yeah you know both parties want the same thing so then why does it have to be so complicated there you go <laughs> if you're listening and you sell firewood just remember that keep it simple don't overcomplicate the simplicity of firewood yeah or if you're trying to sell a 20 year old car for top dollar <laughs> and you have a person who's willing to drive two and a half hours to buy it don't overcomplicate the relationship give them your address oh gosh <laughs> gosh well, Dan, maybe it's time we strike up the band and let's get out of here. I got to get busy. I got to get some wood loaded and getting ready for our deliveries tomorrow. Yeah, I like it. Let's keep the let's keep the closing simple, not complicated. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. <laughs> now that was pretty simple. <laughs> All right. Well, we want to thank everyone for tuning in and listening to the world's number one firewood podcast. Yes, and everyone. Keep it simple and have a great, very cool day. <laughs>